talking about the prayers of the saints. Who of you are a saint? You are because of Jesus, right? Because of Jesus. And um, I want to just talk about how powerful our prayers are. Amen. And uh, with that being said, I'm going to bring up a story of me and Amber. And what's funny is we just prayed over her and, and I had this message written before God gave me to do that. So anyways, <clears throat> this last week we were in prayer and right almost immediately as I was in prayer, um, I, I saw a vision and this vision was of me and Amber at the throne room of God and we were putting our prayers into a golden bowl. And then an angel took this, this bowl that was massive like this and he turned around and he'd bring it up to the throne of God. This is before you mentioned it on Sunday. So it was last week. Shortly after this, I had this vision. I don't think I mentioned it, and if I did, I don't know. But shortly after this, Amber tells me that she had a vision of her and I kneeling at the throne of God. And there was a candlestick on each side of us and a golden bowl, and she didn't know what it meant. We proceeded to look up in Scripture, golden bowl. <laughs> Because, like, Lord, what are you saying? You know, sometimes you know what God's saying, and sometimes you're like, that seems scriptural, but I, I don't really remember where that is or, or what it's saying about it. And sure enough, it's talking about the prayers of the saints. Hallelujah. And then Sunday, so that was like Thursday, we had prayer. And then Sunday we come here, Pastor Nick was, was uh, leading us in, in the word, and he gets up, and, and I don't think it had anything to do with your message, I'm not sure, but you started off by saying something along the lines of the prayers of the saints are taken up into golden bowls. And I was like, what in the world? Um, so cool. I love, I love confirmation. I love the Bible says out of mouths of two or three witnesses, let everything be established. It's like he brings it up and then he brings it up again and he brings it up again. So then I'm reading a book this week on angels and just cooperating with, with the word of God and, and their, their assignments and things like that. And all of a sudden, I'm reading, and it talks about the angels taking up the golden bowls um, of incense and the prayers of the saints before the Lord. And I was just like, wow, Lord, you are totally talking about this. Okay, what are you saying? And so then I just started studying more on what he's wanting to do and what he's wanting to say to the body of Christ. Because when he brings something up two, three, four times, you know you better listen. <laughs> Amen. And so we're going to be talking about prayer today. And... Um, and the power of it. And, and, you know, prayer is the pathway. It is what paves the way for God's kingdom to come and his will to be done on the earth. God designed it this way. He is omniscient. He is all-powerful. And, and, yes, he, he created the heavens and the earth. And you're thinking, like, well, he could do what he wants to do. But the thing is, he created us to be co-laborers, like you said this morning, together with God. He wants to partner with his saints. He wants to partner with his sons and daughters to accomplish his will on earth as it is in heaven. And he has also has these messengers, these angels that are sent out on assignment when we pray or when we speak the word. Amen. So, so we need to realize that supernatural things start happening when we open our mouth in prayer or we speak or declare the word of God. Supernatural things start taking place. Don't think that, oh, I'm a nobody, you know, the prayer team can go ahead and take care of that. No, 
You want God's will to be done on earth as it is in heaven in your own life, in your own home, in your own family, in the church, in the nation, in the world. You want God to pour out his spirit like we're singing about. Then he needs you to cooperate with him and pray his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So prayer is what paves the way to to have his will done. Prayer is what looses the angels to be activated. I mean, there's armies of angels. Armies. Waiting around. Not because they want to, but because they have to wait until someone starts speaking the word. They have to wait until we start praying and they bring it up to the Lord and the Lord says, okay, go ahead. And he sends them to be ministers for the heirs of salvation, you and I. Amen? Angels are activated when we pray and speak the word. And they also love to partake in worship. Amen? In Psalms 103, verse 20, it says, Praise the Lord, all you angels, you mighty ones who carry out his plans listening for each of his commands. So when we partner together with God and we hear what God wants to do or we see by his spirit what God wants to do, we partner with God and we speak or we pray or we release the word of God. Angels hearken to us coming into agreement with God and they're loosed and activated to bring that thing to pass. Amen? Um, some of you may have seen angels before. Some of you have, may, maybe you haven't. Um, but I know this last Wednesday, um, we were having worship, just a random Wednesday. Oh, uh, you know, it was a good worship, just the presence of the Lord was here. And, you know, I didn't see anything specific. But, but after service, my son, um, Ethan, he came up to me, and he's like, guess what? And I was like, what? He said, I saw two angels um, during worship tonight. I was like, really? And he's like, yeah. And I was like, what were they doing? You know, what, what were they doing there, and what was their assignment? Like, you're supposed to ask the Lord, why are you showing me this? And he said, well, they were just joining us in worship. That's what they do, is they worship the Lord, and they, they, they go out on assignment and do God's will. Amen? And so that's our job, too. Worship the Lord, come into a, to agreement with his word, read his word, speak his word. And whenever you see his will in his word not being done, your job is to pray that his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Today, God is bringing a whole new light on what is prayer, what he needs us to be doing in order for his will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. Believe it or not, even though God is mighty and powerful, his will is not automatically done as we can see in this world on earth as it is in heaven. He needs his people to pray and pave the way. Amen? And just to show you the, the golden bowls here and, and how angels are, are directly connected to the prayers of the saints. They're activated and they're, they're connected and involved with us praying. Revelations 5.8 says, And when he had taken it, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the Lamb. Each one had a harp and they were holding golden bowls of incense, which are the prayers of God's people. God loves, it comes up like sweet-smelling fragrance. Not just the worship, but the prayer. He receives it as an incense. He loves it when we fellowship with him, when we talk to him, and when we pray. It's a sweet-smelling incense to the Lord. 
Revelations 8, 3 through 5, then another angel with a gold incense burner came up, or a candlestick, what Amber saw, and um, they stood at the altar, and a great amount of incense was given to him to mix with the prayers of God's people as an offering on the golden altar before the throne. Then the smoke of the incense mixed with the prayers of God's people ascended up to God from the altar where the angel had poured them out. So when you pray, you're filling up your bowl. Then the angel takes this, this fire of God, burning and stirring it, so it comes up like a sweet-smelling incense up to the throne of God. It's presented to the Father God, who then can answer our prayers. Amen? Um, so it comes up like a sweet-smelling um, fragrance. An angel pour, poured them, and then, okay, okay. The smoke of the incense mixed with the prayers of God's people ascends up to God from the altar where the angel had poured them out. Then the angel filled the incense burner with fire from the altar and threw it down upon the earth. And thunder crashed and lightning flashed and there was a terrible earthquake. What's happening here? When it comes up before the Lord, God says yes. If it's in line with his will. And they pour it out and they release the answer upon the earth. Now, I'm going to stop here for a second because I know I've been here, and I'm sure you've been here. Lord, why aren't you answering my prayers? So we need to ask not that question, but ask ourselves, am I praying your will? Is this something you showed me to pray? Did I see it in your word? Or am I praying my will on earth as it is in heaven? Now, it's okay if we see injustices and unrighteousness happening, we can pray against that because obviously we know the will of God is good, right? But when it comes to um, anything, and, and I'm in agreement with Phyllis because the word of God says he's blessed us, okay, with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. That He said, give and it shall be given unto you. So it's okay to ask him with the right motive for more blessing so that you can give. But if it's just for selfish gain, you're not going to get the answer because that is not God's will for money. God's will is that we be blessed to be a blessing. Amen? And so when we come together to pray or when we pray in agreement with God and his word, his will be done on earth as it is in heaven, we're praying out his plan and his purposes. We're paving the way so that those angels will be loosed on assignment to accomplish God's purpose. It's all about his purpose, his will, his word being done on earth as it is in heaven. The angels are loose to go forth to the north, the south, the east, and the west to work and minister to and for the heirs of salvation. Just anybody? No. Those who are praying his will on earth as it is in heaven. Now listen to this. God responds when we seek his face, but he says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and his righteousness. And all these things will be added unto you. Well, God supplies all my needs according to his riches and glory. Well, God, you know, says he'd add all these things unto me. And you just start believing that. But the thing is, he says, seek me first. Let me be your focus. 
and live in righteousness, then I will add or I will answer those prayers. Um, we need to, we need to, um, he knows our motive. He knows our heart. He knows if we're half-hearted, Lord, just ask you just to set me free. And then your next minute, you know, you're back to doing whatever it was. God knows if you're sincere. And when we call on the Lord in our day of trouble with sincerity, he'll give you rest. He'll deliver you. Amen. He, because he, want, he came to set the captives free. He came to deliver you. But he knows if, if we're sincere. He knows if our heart is, our motive is right. So our prayers matter and they accomplish powerful things here on earth. James 5.16 says, confess your sins one to another. To clear the slate. Confess your sins one to another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. Listen to this. The earnest, heartfelt, persistent prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. In other words, he hears your prayers. Angels are sent out on assignment. His anointing and his glory and his kingdom is released to produce the answer when you pray. Power is released when believers pray. But it has to be an earnest, it has to be a heartfelt prayer, one that you really mean, is what he's saying. Power is released when you pray a heartfelt prayer. So it really, it's good to pray, but, but don't be like so repetitive and so... Um, used to like praying a little prayer before bed or praying before your meal and things like that. I mean, you could say that without remembering, you know, what you said, like without caring really. That's not heartfelt. Heartfelt is tears. Heartfelt is, you know, like if you're surrendering, it's, it's, it's like agony, like, oh, I don't want to, but I love you and I'm going to give it to you. Like heartfelt is I want all you have for me, and I'm not going to hold anything back, right? And so he says the earnest, like when you're earnest, when you're persistent, and it's heartfelt, you're not going to relent, like we just sang, until you have all that he has for you. That's heartfelt. That's earnest. And he says these kind of prayers avail much. These kind of prayers produce powerful results. These are the kind of prayers I released my angel armies on assignment for. So when we go into prayer, let's not just jump into saying and rattling off whatever we think sounds good, but let's spend time getting into his presence so we can hear the voice of God and hear what it is he's saying. And I would venture to say even the Holy Spirit while you're in prayer would also show you where to read the word today. Ask the Holy Spirit, show me where to read the word today. Why? Because you want to see God's will for that day so that you can pray his will on earth as it is in heaven, in your life, in others' lives. God has a purpose for you, and that's for you to partner with him to accomplish his will on earth. And you're not going to do it if it's half-hearted prayers. It's got to be heartfelt, persistent earnest, desperate prayers. Lord, whatever you say, that's what I want. 
whatever you say, that's what I'll pray. Amen. Ephesians 6.18 says, pray in the spirit at all times on every occasion. In other words, the Holy Spirit always knows what to pray. <laughs> so he gave us the gift of the Holy Spirit. And he intercedes for us when we don't know what words to pray. So sometimes when I have something heavy on my heart and, and I know I need to pray about it, but I don't have the words, I'll say, Holy Spirit, I ask you to help me pray. While I'm praying in the Spirit, sometimes English will come to me too. So then I'll pray out the English. But he'll lead us and guide us and help us to pray as we ought to. And something that has come up so many times when I go to pray with anybody, all of a sudden we find ourselves in a conversation and we realize that he leads and guides our conversation so that we'll pray in a certain way. So make note of that. God gave us power. He seated us together with Christ in heavenly places. And from this place, we rule and reign together with Christ. How? We partner with him in prayer. We partner with him by speaking and declaring the word over situations that we see are not the will of God. Or if he shows us something he wants to do, like you said, you saw us taking care of, you know, children, then your job, the reason he's showing you is so that you'll pray. It's not just like, oh, that's God's will. Oh, that's nice. No, you pray till you see that thing in manifestation. He assigned you to pray that. He showed you, so that means it's your assignment. And then we can partner with you, obviously. But Matthew 18, 18, so verily I say unto you, I mean seriously, I say unto you, whoever shall bind shall be bound in heaven. And whoever shall loose shall be also loosed in heaven. When we come together and pray and we bind the enemy, God makes sure and he looses the angels to bind up the enemy in heaven. Whenever we loose people or we loose things from being bound, God looses his angels to break those strongholds, to break those things over people. Amen? Things are happen. Our prayers are backed up with the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Our prayers are backed up by the angels being loosed, amen, on assignment when we pray. Things are accomplished. That's why he would have us be his prayer partners. He, he sent his word to heal, but it's our job to release and speak his word to heal, amen. And let me just show you that God answers prayer. And, and the thing is, is don't, that's why he says the persistent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. How many of you know by now that prayers are not answered immediately all the time? I love it when they do. We all get excited. But it's not always the case. But if you see in the word or you know by the spirit that it is God's will, then persist and don't let go until you see it manifested. Don't give up. He says you'll reap if you don't give up. So if God has spoken a promise to you by his word or by his spirit, or you see something that God wants done in, in the church, in the earth, on earth as it is in heaven, for instance, he said, ask of the Lord rain in the time of the latter rain, and then I will send bright clouds. Well, there's a job to do there. We have to ask. We see it's the time of the latter rain. We see God wants to move by his spirit and power, but we need to join forces with him and ask. Amen? Okay, so Daniel, in Daniel 10, 1 through 12, 
In the third year of the reign of King Cyrus of Persia, Daniel, also known as Belshazzar, had another vision. In other words, God was using him in the area of visions, right? This is how God spoke to him. He understood that the vision concerned events um, certain to happen in the future. Like God was showing him things about the future. Times of war and great hardship. When this vision came to me, I, Daniel, had been mourning for three weeks. He was in agony, heartfelt prayer. Okay? I was in mourning for three weeks. All the time I had eaten no rich food, he was on a fast. Because he was so desperate for a move of God concerning this situation. The wars and, and, and the famine and, and everything that was happening that God was showing him was going to happen. So God was searching for a man to stand in the gap. A man to join forces with him in prayer. God reveals his plans or reveals the plans of the enemy, not just for you just to know, but for you to pray and partner with him. God gives you a dream, a vision, a revelation from the word of God. It's your job to pray. His will. Lord, I see what you're showing me. I see your will. I pray, Lord, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. So when this vision came to me, I ate no meat or wine, crossed my lips. I used no fragrant lotions until those three weeks had passed. On April 23rd, I was standing on the bank at the great Tigris River. I looked up and I saw a man dressed in linen clothing with a belt of pure gold around his waist. His body looked like a precious gem and his face flashed like lightning. His eyes flamed like torches and his arms and feet were shone like polished bronze, and his voice roared like a vast multitude of people. Only I, Daniel, saw this vision. The men with me saw nothing, but they were suddenly terrified and ran away to hide. So they sensed it. So I was left there alone to see this amazing vision, and my strength left me. My face grew deathly pale, and I felt very weak. Then I heard the man speak, and when I heard the sound of his voice, I fainted and lay there with my face to the ground. Just then, the hand touched me, and he lifted me, still trembling to my knees. The man said to me, Daniel, you are very precious to God, so listen carefully to what I have to say to you. Stand up, for I have been sent to you. When he said this to me, I stood up and still trembled. Then he said, don't be afraid, Daniel, since the first day... You began to pray for understanding and humble yourself before God. Your request has been heard in heaven, and I was sent, and I come as an answer to your prayer. Why am I reading this to you? Because when you pray, angels are sent from the Father God and released to you to answer your prayer. Now, 21 days of persistence brought the answer. He didn't relent. He didn't give up. He didn't lose hope. He knew God had showed him his will. He knew God had showed him the plan of the enemy. So he persisted in prayer, and breakthrough came, and the release of angelic encounter came because of his persistence. So this is a great example of the persistent, heartfelt, he was in agony and mourning for three weeks. The persistent, heartfelt prayer of a righteous person availeth much and produces powerful results. Amen? Listen, 
2 Chronicles 7.14 is so powerful this time that we're in right now. If my people, there's a contingency here. If my people who are called by my name would humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, listen, then I will hear from heaven, forgive their sin and heal their land. We're praying and asking God for revival, but the Lord says there's a couple things here that you need to, to make note of. If you want me to answer this prayer for revival, if you want me to answer this prayer of the outpouring of my spirit and, 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 and the outpouring of my glory, my, first of all, my people need to partner with me and pray. If my people will pray. Humble themselves. Stop being so distracted, but humble themselves. Humbling is, 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 is you know, coming to your knees and surrender. Humble themselves and pray. And not just to say a little prayer and to move on with the rest of your day like you did your job, but to pray and seek my face. Go after him. Go after his face. Go after an encounter with God. Seek my face. Listen and turn from their wicked ways. You're not going to see the face of God if you're not turning from the wicked ways. He said, if you seek me, you'll find me if you seek me with your whole heart. If you want to encounter God, you got to do it with your whole heart. you got to be serious about it. And being serious about it means laying down those things that would hinder you. Seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. If you'll pray and seek him and lay down those things that are displeasing to him, he says, I will hear you from heaven. You want your prayers answered? Lay down those wicked things. Lay down anything that's displeasing to him. He says, then I will hear you from heaven. If you're not, not having your, answered, your prayers answered, then search your heart. Ask him to reveal to you any displeasing things so that you can lay it down, so then he will hear you from heaven. Forgive your sins and heal your land. That could be your home. That could be your church. That could be our land right? So we have an assignment, but there's certain things we need to know. If we're going to have God, number one, hear us even, we need to pray. We need to talk to him, fellowship with him. We need to go after him wholeheartedly and seek his face. And not only that, we need to lay down sin and anything that would hinder the prayer. Why? Because sin gives permission for the enemy to work. The prince of Persia came and tried to intervene where, where, where the angel was loose to bring the answer to prayer. The enemy also sent somebody to hinder the prayer. The enemy brings temptation. The enemy brings sin or lust of the flesh to try to hinder our fellowship with God. And so that's why God says, if you'll pray and turn from wicked ways, then I'll Hear it from heaven. I will forgive your sin. Thank you, Jesus. His mercies are new every morning. He just lay it out before him. And I will send revival to your heart, to your family, to your home, to your nation. I'll send revival, and I'll heal your land. We want revival, and it's got to start here. You want God to hear your prayers? It's got to start here. We need to understand the move of God. This is powerful. 
The move of God is subject to you and I praying and meaning it. The move of God and the outpouring and revival is subject to you and I laying down our lives and sin that hinders us. He not only wants us to pray, but he needs us to pray. I'm going to show you that from the word of God. We are co-workers together with God, and we have an assignment, and we are called to do our part. 1 Corinthians 3, 9 says, For we are co-workers together in God's service. You are God's field, God's building. Zechariah 10, 1 says, Ask of the Lord rain in the time of the latter rain, so that he shall make bright clouds and give you showers of rain to everyone, grass in the field. In other words, if we don't ask, we don't receive. You don't seek, you don't find. You don't knock, the door won't be open. What is all that? That's you seeking him. That's you seeking him. Jesus said in Revelations 3.20, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. He wants every one of us to fellowship with, uh, with him. I stand here all the time and I knock. Anyone who will open that door of fellowship, I will come in and I'll share a meal together with them as friends. I'm willing to fellowship with anyone. He's there. He's ready to open that door. Or he's ready at the door and you've got to open it. You've got to respond in fellowship with him. You've got to respond and pray. You've got to respond laying down your sin and seek his face. And he'll hear you. And he'll forgive sins because you're standing in the gap. And he'll bring healing because you're standing in the gap. He's searching for a man to stand in the gap, one that will lay down his life, one that will lay down sin and anything that would entangle him. And he'll hear your prayers in line with his will. He'll hear it from heaven. He'll forgive sins. He'll heal your land. He'll loose angel armies on behalf of the prayers that you're praying. And your prayers will produce powerful results to accomplish his will. Amen? We can't be jealous of what somebody else gets or the answers of prayer somebody else receives if we ourselves have not submitted or surrendered to God in prayer. Heartfelt prayer. Earnest prayer. A prayer that is seeking after him. Persisting after him. Not giving up. The woman with the issue of blood, she didn't let the rules of the land hold her back. She wasn't even supposed to mingle among the people. She persisted through that crowd to reach out and touch the hem of Jesus' garment. And she was healed. Amen? It's the persistent prayer, the heartfelt prayer. Those who seek after him and keep on seeking, they will find answers. They will find breakthrough. They will get results, powerful results. You have not because you ask not. You can't blame God for something you never even asked for. You can't just assume, oh, if God wanted me to have it, you know, if he wanted me blessed, if he wanted me healed. If, no, whatever he has in heaven for you, he, it's his good pleasure to give you the kingdom and anything that's there. You got to pursue it. You got to pursue it and persist and go after it with all of your heart. Seek 
first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. It's, it's a big thing here with answers to prayer and his righteousness. If you will pray and seek my face and turn from your wicked ways. This is an ingredient to receive answers to prayer. If you're not seeing the answers, there's something in the middle. The and, the and is standing in the way. Turning from the wicked ways and his righteousness stands in the way of you receiving all these things. So first you got to pray, then you got to lay the things down if you want those answers. Until now, John 16, 24, you have asked for nothing in my name, and you will receive. But now you'll ask in my name, and you will receive that your joy may be full. James 4, 2, and 3 talking about what I was just talking about. You want what you don't have and you scheme to kill and get it. You're jealous of what others have because you can't get it, so you fight to wage war and take it away from them. You don't have what you want because you don't even ask God for it. You're not, in other words, he's like, you're not even taking the time to pray. And then he says, and then when you finally do pray, you don't get it because your motives are all wrong. You only want what will give you pleasure. That's not prayer. Prayer is not about you getting what you want. So this is a whole, not new because it's in the word, but I think we need to be awakened to what prayer is here, people. Prayer is not my will done on earth as it is in heaven. Prayer is him revealing his will about your life, about your marriage, about your family, about your finances, about the church, about this nation, his will. It's about you coming into agreement with his will and praying that it would be done on earth as it is in heaven. So when we pray and make our requests be made known unto God, he hears us, but we must pray with the right motive that his will would be done. Now, he wants to bless you. Beloved, I wish above all things, 3 John 1, 2, that you would prosper, that you would be in health, and that your soul would prosper. It's okay to pray according to that passage. It is. And especially if he's revealing, bringing revelation regarding that specific passage to you. Pray it out. Come into agreement. Lord, I come into agreement with 3 John 1, 2. Lord, I thank you, Lord, right now that, that you make me prosperous, Lord. You, thank you, Lord, right now that as I act upon your word, Lord, that you give me power to get wealth so that I can provide and, and, and sow seed where you lead me to guide me to sow. When we pray in agreement with God's will, it gives us confidence. When he reveals through dream, vision, revelation, through his word, what his will is, and you pray in agreement with that, you come with more of a confidence that he's going to answer you. He's revealing what he wants. And if you're praying what he wants, you can know that he's going to answer that prayer. Amen. 1 John 5, 14 and 15. This is the confidence we have in approaching God that if we ask anything, there it is, according to his will. We completely pass that by. When we want answers to prayer, we don't even see that right there. Listen, we have confidence when we approach God if we ask anything according to his will. 
So a lot of our prayers, we can throw them out. Make sure they're in line with God's word. Make sure it's the Holy Spirit that's revealing it to you. It's always God's will to heal. It's always God's will to deliver. It's always God's will to save. That's fine. But when you're praying about you, your assignment, your life, make sure you're praying what God's revealing to you or what he says to do. Very important to note that you're asking according to his will, not your own. When you're praying, you should be praying the desires of the Father so that you can have that confidence that when you pray, he's definitely going to answer that. This is why Jesus taught his disciples to pray. He's like, pray this way. And I'm going to say that passage in a second. Pray this way. Let your kingdom come. He's first. Seek ye first. Let your will be done. His kingdom first. And all these things will be added. Let your will be done as it is in heaven. He wants you to pray his will, his kingdom, his purpose first. Then... Go ahead, let your requests be made known unto him. Don't just go to him with assignment of what you want in your life. Go to him asking him, Lord, what do you want me to pray? Because I'm putting you first. Those kind of prayers with the right motive come up as that sweet-smelling incense before the Lord. A heartfelt prayer is not one that is like me, 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 mine, mine, mine. <laughs> this is what I want. It's, Lord, this is a sacrifice. I'm taking time to find out what you want, and I want to pray your will on earth as it is in heaven. The Lord gave me a definition. So this is my definition of prayer. Prayer is partnering with God to accomplish his will upon the earth. If we went up with a microphone to people all over, asked them what prayer is, they would say asking God for stuff. talking to God. And in, in a sense, yeah, that's true. But prayer that's accomplished, prayer that's delivered, prayer that's powerful and produces powerful results, prayer is partnering with God to accomplish his will on earth as it is in heaven. Prayer is not for selfish gain or to accomplish your will. Your will must line up with his will in order for you to see results. I just gave you like six scriptures that say, says that. It's fine if you're praying for blessing in your own family, in your own life, and deliverance and healing, because that is the will of God. But make sure you're putting his heart before your own heart. And if you start doing that, soon you'll find out your heart actually reflects his heart. You want the same things. Amen? Matthew 6, 5 through 13. When you pray, don't be like the hypocrites do who love to publicly be on the street corners, in the synagogues where everyone can see them. I tell you the truth, that's their reward and they'll, that the reward they'll ever get. But when you pray, go away by yourself. In other words, humble yourself. Pray and seek his face. Shut the door behind you and pray to your father in private. Then your father who sees everything will reward you. When you pray, don't babble on. Don't be rep repetitious. Come to him with true, heartfelt, wholehearted concern. 
Don't, don't babble on like the Gentiles do. They think their prayers are answered by merely repeating prayers over and over again. Lord, bless this food. Lord, give me a good night's sleep. And that's fine. But don't let that be your prayer because that's not, unless it truly is like, oh, Lord, heartfelt. Be, be sincere in your prayers. Don't be like them, for your Father knows exactly what you have need of before you ask them. But pray this way. He's given us the ingredient to have an answered prayer. And I don't know about you, but I want my prayers answered. I don't want it to just be like, oh, one out of a hundred. Oh, that's a pretty good record. No. I want to know that my prayers are going to work every time. And if we will pray the way he said to pray, they will work every time. Let it be heartfelt. Let it be persistent. And let it be putting him and his kingdom first. And then he'll add all these things unto you. Seek him wholeheartedly, and he'll be found by you. Come to him in prayer, and if he shows you anything that's unclean, welcome him to search your heart. David said, Lord, search my heart, O God. Create in me a clean heart, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence, O Lord. In his presence is the joy unspeakable and full of glory. In his presence is, is and, and his kingdom is every single thing that we need. So lay aside the things that are displeasing to him so you can have him hear your prayers and answer. Amen. So he says, our Father in heaven, may your kingdom be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So you're praying out God's plan first. Give us today, the then you go to him about the personal things. Give us today the food we need. He has no problem giving you the things that you need. But put him first. Seek him first, his kingdom first. Pray out his will be done on earth first. Then I will add all these things unto you. Give unto us the food we need and forgive us. Remember, he doesn't leave this out. Forgive us of our sin. Lay down the thing that hinders you. As we forgive others who sin against us. In other words, make sure you're not holding offense. That's a hindrance to answered prayer. Make sure you're not holding unforgiveness. If you're seeking forgiveness, you cannot hold unforgiveness in your heart if you want answered prayer. And don't let us yield to temptation. And he's okay with you asking the Lord to strengthen me so that next time the tempter comes, I am strong to resist the temptation. Don't let us yield to temptation, but Lord, rescue us from the evil one. It's your Father's good pleasure to give you everything you need. He supplies all your needs according to his riches and glory, but he gives us an order of prayer. Seek him and his kingdom first. Pray out his will on earth as it is in heaven. Then go ahead, let your requests be made known unto him. And don't forget to ask him for forgiveness to the things that would hinder those prayers from being answered. Isn't that good? Break it down. Follow the structure because Jesus said this is how you should pray so that you can have these answers to prayer. There's power when we do it the right way. And angels are loosed on assignment when we pray. Hallelujah. I'm almost done. God is searching for people who will surrender their lives and cooperate with his kingdom and accomplish his will. This is another reason why we need to read his word so we can see his will. Ezekiel 22.30, he says, I search for a man among them who would build up a wall and stand in the gap for me for the sake of the land so that I don't destroy it. But I found no one, not even one. 
how sad that God can't find a believer, a prayer partner who will join forces with him to pray his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God's all over that. He is searching for hearts to surrender to him, to pray his will be done on earth as it is in heaven, in your lives, in the church, in the nation. But if we can't even submit and surrender our time to seek his face, how are we going to pray his will? How are we going to know his will? He's searching for men and women of God to stand in the gap, to intercede, to pray and partner and be co-workers together with him so that he can release the angels on assignment. Amen? I'm not going to read it, but you can write down Genesis 18, 16 through 33. Abraham pleads for Sodom and Gomorrah. He stands in the gap. He says, Lord, if there's 50 righteous, if there's 40 righteous, if there's 30 righteous, if there's 10 righteous, and he stops there. There wasn't 10 righteous. The Lord destroyed the city. He probably could have kept going. But he stopped there. And I'm just showing you this. This is how powerful our prayers are when we partner with God and intercede on behalf of what God's will is. God has all power. And he says all things are possible to him who believes. How many of you believe God can do anything? Right? But he set this thing in motion where he wants us to come into agreement and pray his will on earth as it is in heaven. Amen? There's power when the saints pray and get things done in the spirit. Mark eleven twenty four. I tell you, you can pray for anything. If you believe that you receive it, it will be yours. But I just want to encourage you, make sure that prayer... <laughs> is in agreement with God and his will, in agreement with his word. Then you have no doubt. You can go to him and you can actually believe for that thing that he's going to answer it. Amen? God wants to partner with you, and I believe that's why this is on his heart and this is the message for today, that he wants to partner with you. He wants to move in this land, but he needs us to pray. He needs us to stand in the gap. And, and not everyone's willing to lay down their life and pray. Not everyone's willing to give the time to pray. Not everyone's willing to remove the things that would be a hindrance, which is sin or, or whatever else. So with that being said, let's go ahead and pray. Hallelujah. And please write, write in your calendars. It's really on my heart and it was on Annie's heart and we were in agreement um, for August 4th. At 7 p.m., we're going to have that corporate. We're inviting all the revival people and other churches here to come together as a body of Christ, seek the face of God, and pray. And hopefully turn from wicked ways so that he can hear from heaven, forgive sins, and start moving and healing our land. Amen? So, Father, we just thank you for your word. We thank you for your truth. We thank you that it's alive and sharper than a double-edged sword. Father, we just invite you, Lord, just to bring to our attention, remove the things that hinder us in our prayer life. Bring back to our remembrance what we learned today, to put you first in your kingdom and your will, to pray that out first on earth as it is in heaven, and then let our requests be made known unto you, the things that we need. For you know what we have need of before we ask. Father, we just seek you first, and we thank you you add all these things unto us. We lay down our lives and surrender to you.
Lord, we want to partner with you to accomplish your will. Lord, we thank you that when we pray, angels are loosed on assignment to and for us, the heirs of salvation. Let the heavens be open above this place, above our lives, our homes, Lord. Let us be in unity, Lord, and one in spirit and in truth with you, Lord. Holy Spirit, open up our spiritual eyes and ears to hear and see the Father's will so we can pray it out. In Jesus' name, everybody said.